Welcome to the Unpolished MBA. I'm your host, Monique Mills. Many times entrepreneurs are called unpolished because they are scrappy and do things in unconventional ways. Well, I like the name Unpolished MBA so much that I even trademarked it. So on this podcast, we commend those with practical experience because they've proven time and time again that one can be successful in business even if they don't have a formal MBA degree. So on each episode, we discuss topics related to business and entrepreneurship. And I've been told that my guests and I provide insights and inspiration to aspiring and current entrepreneurs alike. So this is the place where you can come and hear real life stories that can help you navigate both challenges and opportunities in business. Now let's jump into the next episode. So this is going to be a throwback episode to one of our very early episodes, 16, which is with Dan Sanchez back in 2020 when the Unpolished MBA was just starting. He was one of our early guests and such a pleasure to meet him at the time. Since then, I've got to know him pretty well online and he's now a newfound entrepreneur. And so with that, I want you all to take a listen to this episode because he shares information on his journey to becoming a marketer, but also how he quickly did his MBA in six months, which is incredible. So take a listen and reach out to Dan if you're interested in hearing more about what he's working on these days. Like after, after going through the startup experience and then getting an MBA, it really backfilled quite a quite a bit that I had missed and I thought I knew a lot. I See, I'm so glad you said that because very few people will admit to that. I mean, I guess people say that about master's degrees all the time. I have a lot of friends who are pastors and went back and got their, their master's of divinity, you know, their MDiv later. And they're like, eh, I kind of already knew all that. But I'm like, really? Like you knew <laughs> all of it? Like, because probably not, but still like you do learn a lot on the job, but I still feel like going through a well-rounded curriculum that has touches all the major components, it's going to fill in some gaps that you had. There's, and there's also more than one way to learn. Like some people don't like classrooms. I actually don't really like classrooms. I did mine online, whereas like they let me have at it and I get to watch or read what I needed to. But there's this different way to consume information. And some people might be motivated enough to work through accounting without the formal structure. I actually, as much as I love just pounding lynda.com, YouTube, and reading lots of books, there was something about accounting and finance specifically that I just could not, I couldn't do it on my own. It was a little too complicated. I needed the full class structure of peers, teacher, uh, help, and help. <laughs> I needed help. Yeah. Honestly, it was a struggle for me. It was the finance specifically was, was hard, but I'm so glad it like had set the goal and then I had to do it. I couldn't back out. It wasn't something I was interested in, but I'm so glad that I've learned it now. But I needed yeah. that like extra accountability in order to push me through it. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm just thankful for that. It's an option out there, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm always perplexed um, when I see posts about, oh, who needs an MBA? Like really successful, um, you know, entrepreneurs. So who needs an MBA? It's such a waste of time and waste of money. You could have just been out there doing it. And I'm with you. I think people can learn different ways, but there are gaps that you just don't learn just doing it because you don't have time to be learning and executing in that capacity at the same time. 
All right, let's take a moment to thank the biggest sponsor of the Unpolished MBA. That's TPM Focus. TPM Focus is a strategy consulting firm that helps startups and small business owners generate revenue and find their way to profitability when they're launching a new product or in a new market. So reach out to tpmfocus.com. TPM stands for the Profit Matters Focus.com. You know, um, it's funny. I always recommend MBAs to people who want to move up in leadership for like, if, especially if you're like you're in marketing, mm-hmm. actually, I'd probably recommend this for any part of the organization. I found like if you're going up, especially when you're starting to make the jump from director to mm-hmm. VP to like CMO to that level, like the less it actually is about the craft of that department anymore. And the more you have to figure out how that department plays with the rest of the organization, That's which right. is what an MBA exactly helps you figure out. Like you can figure it out outside an MBA, but I'm like, without that, like, I'm probably like pushing up against that ceiling right now of like somewhere between director and VP. I I just moved to Sweetfish, a startup company and it's growing fast. So I'll I'll probably grow with it is my hope. But as I'm looking at other VPs and what I'm, as I'm having conversations with them, that's what I'm finding is the biggest trait is that those guys are generally doing less of the, whatever their departments in charge of executing and they're they're having to work cross functionally across departments in order to make sure it's working well within the rest of the org you need to have accounting you need to know finance you need to know hr you need to know legal you need to know how it all fits together to make one one business work right that's right they're all important and um those days of just staying within a silo are just gone because everything is so interconnected now everyone needs to have a focus on of course, customer success, but revenue and profitability, <laughs> you know, right. otherwise everyone here won't have a job soon. Some, some people will be leaving. Yeah. One of my favorite people to talk to in the organization is always the CFO as the marketing guy. I'm always like, spend, spend. And he's always like, no. So to like wrestle with him and, and honestly, to better understand that, like the accounting and the, uh, usually the CFO's world has made those conversations so much smoother because we can actually pull out the balance sheet, the cash flow statement and the balance, uh, yeah, the balance sheet and like look at things and he can explain, I can actually understand why he's saying no, or I could push right. back on him and be like, yeah, but what about, we can, we can stretch that a little bit more, you know, but when he's, I don't know, like you can have a more intelligent conversation because you know things. Yeah. And I think people respect you more too, because you're not like, cluelessly shaking your head uh-huh uh-huh you can actually what one of the things that keep coming up on this podcast is the trend of it's important to be able to speak the same language it's important to understand the vocabulary like the term value proposition never was mentioned to me or came up in my entire life until I went to do an MBA and I, I've been in I had been an engineer for 15 16 years so oh, I was going to say, I'm like, really? Oh, never came up engineering. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Cause like, if you started in marketing, that becomes a term that gets thrown out there. Really of course. <laughs> exactly. And we never, That's we like always world. thought, right. I have so much respect for marketers. I think that that is the superpower of a company. So creative, so smart. Like, you know how to put things together, say things the right way to influence people, copywriters and stuff. Like, it's just amazing. But previously, as you know, my engineering roles, I'm like, engineers seem to think they're the most pe- important people <laughs> in the room and the project. And um, we, fi- you know, once you get that business sense, you find out that's not true. 
in a way, I don't know. In a way, I think it's both. And I, I quote Peter Drucker said that like the true, I'm trying to, I'm going to butcher this quote a little bit, but it's based something along the lines of like the true great part about business is going to be innovation and marketing. Everything else is cost. But a lot of innovation, like if you're not having innovation around the product or sometimes it's not the product, maybe you're not leading with innovation as a product, maybe you're the lowest cost, but then you're going to have to have innovation around your supply chain in order to deliver that low cost like Walmart does. They're extremely innovative in how they can keep their costs that low. So there's going to be innovation somewhere in the business model and that's where engineering, innovation and engineering starts to become a really key part of the business, but he would, Peter Drucker often said like, it's innovation and marketing together. It's together. Right. I I just had another podcast guest who, you know, the longtime engineer and um, the entire episode is actually episode 12. If you want to listen, the entire episode, she makes fun of us. (laughs) And and we have to laugh at ourselves because it's, it's, it's a, it's a combination of what we call engineers arrogance and ignorance because you don't know any different. They don't teach you any of this stuff in engineering school. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we literally for about 30 minutes straight, she got us right on that, <laughs> on that one. And she's an engineer too. So she's talking about herself. Um, yeah. but we tend to think that the company revolves around what we do. And it's really that powerful combination of, yeah, you need that innovation. You need that engineering, um, mine and the product that they're going to release but it goes nowhere without marketing and sales. Like it just, it goes nowhere. Um, so many great ideas sit on the shelf. Yep. Um, but I do think there's a lot to be had for the startup world as well, right? I mean, we certainly probably both know MBAs who have never really gotten their hand dirty and you're just like, oh yeah, come on. No, dude, that's not, or lady, that's not how it actually works. <laughs> that's right. Like I know that's what you learned. I know you heard like Porter's five forces and <laughs> But that's, that's not actually going to help me like do my work today. (laughs) But um, yeah, those are some of the basic foundations that if it's your first time hearing about it, it brings perspective, but that's not actually how it works when you're building something from nothing. You and I know from the startup world, you know? So in your take though, in your experience so far, do you believe that entrepreneurship is something that can be taught? Yes. It's like any other skill. Some of it, you're going to have, you're going to have people with an innate ability to do it and some that don't have the innate ability and that's, but they could still learn how to do it. I mean, it's like me playing basketball. I'm five, five. I'm on the shorter side. I'm never going to be like Michael Jordan. Okay. But (laughs) I can take lessons. I can wake up early, hustle and work and become a much better basketball player, even though I'm only five, five. Right. I started to learn how to play it to my advantage and learn how to be a really good assist on a basketball team. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to be an all-time all-star? No, not even close. But luckily with entrepreneurship, it's not nearly that limited. There's so much room to start companies and make money. Maybe you won't be the next Mark Zuckerberg, but you can probably have your own small business. Shoot. You could probably even start your own awesome mid-sized company. Absolutely. It might not make it to Salesforce level, but you can still do amazingly well just because you worked hard and learned it. But Mm -hmm. some people, I I mean, will just have a natural ability to like have that intuitive sense to like sense the market Mm -hmm. and how to capitalize on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that people that um, I know who have had that kind of sixth sense naturally came from entrepreneurs in their family. 
And I don't know if there's any kind of connection to that. I'm still making it through lots of interviews and I need at least 30 to be considered significant, statistically significant as we learn in the MBA. Um, but so far that seems to be a trend if it is that they've had some kind of entrepreneur around them growing up. So how do you feel about those kind of condescending remarks about like, you don't need the MBA and you know, that hostility toward doing higher education? I don't know. I mean, it kind of goes both ways, right? I mean, it used to be a lot more the other way where it's kind of like, oh yeah, you can't do business. You don't have your MBA. You don't even have a business degree. What? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I just think it's, it's silly. It's, it's just popular right now to say that. Um, and I can't say that having an MBA is, I can't, it's, it's hard to be able to track because I was already on my way to like learning and growing and executing and doing great things. And I think a lot of people, especially if you earned it, you know, after being in the workforce a while and then you came back to school, like you were already probably the person that was killing it in work, right? So it's hard to like, did I get that raise or get that next opportunity because of the MBA or because I was already killing it? It's probably right. a combination of both, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I do think people, even the people that are like adamant that MBAs aren't worth it are, or even degrees for that matter, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Like I found that those people actually still assume things about you because of the degree. Like I was having a conversation with a, a, cl a close friend of mine and he said something and he's, he's, he's not anti-degree, but he's kind of like, he just, he's like, nah, it's not worth anything. Just show me your work experience. But he's like, well, we were having a conversation about finances. We were having a conversation about margins on products and different things. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to think about it more. I don't have an MBA like you do. So he was already associating. He's like, oh, because you have an MBA, you under like you understand this world better. And I'm having a hard time because I don't, which really is more of a mindset issue. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. still, people, I think mo people like him are knocking degrees out on LinkedIn, but are still actually still giving it more weight than they, they know. Yeah, um, it's kind of a subconscious uh, thing that's happening. So, yeah, it's really weird. I, I see... Um, I've seen many of those posts where people will knock it down, um, but I'm never really sure about the motivation behind that. Is it, is it insecurity or is it, I, I, don't, I don't really know what it is. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm sure some of it is probably insecurity. I know one of the biggest reasons why I even went back to get it was because I'm like, I had this itch that I knew I'd always have this thing that I'd always like wished I had done done it. And so I just needed to do it just mm -hmm. to get rid of the itch. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah. of course it ended up being highly beneficial regardless, but. Um, so you said I, you did yours online? That's right. Okay. And how long did it take you to do it? Um, mine actually only took six months. It went through really fast, but I pounded it hard for six months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you did it, what was your plan? What, what did you want to do with it? Or was it just a personal goal? It was a personal goal, but I also wanted to work at a higher level in, in an organization. And I knew I was missing pieces. I okay. knew I needed the formal structure in order to force myself through it because I'd taken some swings at learning different subjects before mm -hmm. and had just motivation was always running out. And I knew I needed to take a hard run at learning it and master, not mastering it, but becoming competent in other areas that I wasn't already competent in, like in marketing. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, let me just say this. Your marketing skills are sick. <laughs> <laughs> sick. 
And the thing is, it just seems to come so naturally. Now, did you have that before doing the NBA or is it something you just kind of um, realized that you had a superpower for and just, you know, added fuel to the fire? Um, it's hard to tell whether I have like a, like a natural ability for marketing. I just, I read a lot of books and I had been, and part of the reason why I was even to get the MBA done in such a fast time was because I'm just an aggressive reader already. So I'd already read lots of books. I'd already read Michael Porter books. I'd already read some of the bigger textbooks, partly because I was insecure. So I started looking at the programs and picking out their textbooks and re reading them ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I was lucky in early in my career, I got I've spent most of my career between nonprofits and startups. Um, oh, and the really wow. nice part about those two organizations is they're, they're usually strapped financially. There's not a, there's always too much to do always. Like no one has the luxury of specializing. Everybody wears multiple hats and therefore there's less red tape. There's less restrictions around what you can or can test. Mm -hmm. um, the first nonprofit, I was just lucky in that they let me do things. I shouldn't like, I was, I knew nothing and they let me try them out. They let me experiment. And of course, experimenting and testing and learning, even like with LinkedIn, it's all about the volume and testing and learning and getting better at it, getting your hands on the website to be able to test different pages, A, B split test it, see which one statistically works out better. And you start doing that over and over again. You start to learn rather quickly what's working, what doesn't work. Um, and after doing that over 10 years, I was able to learn marketing. Of course, it was in addition to lots of amazing books. Um, and I was lucky to learn specifically about value propositions. Funny you mentioned that earlier. I learned about that really early in my career in marketing. Um, I would and hope so. so. <laughs> once you get that piece early, because yeah. everything's, that's the cornerstone of marketing. If you can learn how to explain why someone should buy something and do it clearly and articulately with credibility, that everything's downhill from there. Getting yeah. to that point is pretty difficult, but um, learning how to do that in an environment that gave me the freedom to do it. And actually they gave me the freedom to fail a lot and give me a little yeah. budget to spend and try things, mm -hmm. uh, was where and how I learned marketing. Wow. Yeah. The experimentation, I mean, is, is, is incredible when it comes to your growth because you learn lessons that really quickly, that would be much harder to learn from reading a book or even hearing from somebody else who's done it. Reading a lot gave me some of my early wins, right? Mm -hmm. I think you get addicted to it because you're kind of like, well, maybe if I read a little bit, you read a little bit, you're like, oh, okay, like, okay, let's test it. And then all of a sudden you get rewarded because you tested it and it freaking worked. You're like, oh, good. Like right. the book actually was right. You're like, oh, let's do that again. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling like reward cycle, I think that we get on. So we give them a little addicted to reading yeah, because the, the reading's actually working, right? I mean, yeah, it, it brings you inspiration. It, it helps you um, connect the dots of previous experiences. And I mean, some of the stuff that I've come up with is really a combination of everything, right? It's yep. just, it gives you more to work with. Um, one thing I was thinking about before we jumped on this call was like how I think if you, if like, I wish everybody had the opportunity, one, to go to school and learn business formally, but I also wish everybody has the ability to go through a startup experience in some capacity. There's something so about true. doing both that's just magic. Mm -hmm. There's, um, for, and this is where the magic happens. It comes in the discernment, right? And it's the discernment around which projects you should take on, which opportunities you should capitalize on, what are threats and what aren't threats, you know, um, what, what the market's doing. 
Mm-hmm. Like I feel like having both angles from the startup experience, because startups are really good at um, listening to customers, iterating quickly, right? Yeah. Um, and actually building pe- products people want, where sometimes if you come from a traditional background, you might just like launch the product and not actually talk to the customer, right? <laughs> right. <Classic. laughs> um, but if you have both, all of a sudden you can see an opportunity and assess business ideas in your mind 10 times faster because you can be like, oh, okay, well, how much would we have to charge? We'd have to charge this much. And all of a sudden you're doing some of the basic math and accounting to be like, yeah, but does it break even? Okay, yes. but if we had, okay, we're not going to break even, but what if we added this? And you're kind of like just doing it in your mind really right. fast, yep. which is yep. why people get mad at us sometimes when they're like, how about this business idea? You're like, no, that won't work. no, there's a lot of no's out there, but you have to go through a lot of no's, but then all of a sudden you're like, that's it. Yeah. That, that, I can see that one. That one's going to work, but it's because you're running it through so many filters in your mind um, from both the startup lens and the MBA lens. So I find that to be invaluable, being able to do both. We're always surrounded by ideas. I don't know about you, but like employee, like my direct reports, my boss, mm-hmm. ideas from books, ideas from LinkedIn. You're constantly having to assess whether an idea is worth pursuing now, later, or never. It's yeah. constant. You know, I work with tech startups. So I literally have hundreds of ideas that come through a month like it's it's just and some of the stuff will probably never make it off the shelves because it's so far out there um and you know regulatory things and all that and which because of the nba i think about all of the different forces involved with bringing certain things to the market and so working with phds and doctors and engineers of all kinds they come up with I mean, some incredible things, but the part that's missing. So they have the subject matter expertise, but the part that's missing is that superpower over there, right? The, the marketing and sales part. And so I actually do spend a lot of time explaining to founders how they need that. They need that counterpart because otherwise the idea, the business, the product won't go anywhere. That's honestly the, that's really hard to be a good entrepreneur and not have a pretty good sense of marketing, mm-hmm. right? Marketing is kind of like, I feel like the essence of marketing actually is entrepreneurship. Yeah. The ability of a good marketer to discern a market or what the market needs to hear in order to buy is essentially entrepreneurship. That's how I even started studying. I, did, I didn't study entrepreneurship in school, but I had to start buying all the like, like four steps of epiphany, startup mm-hmm. manual, like all those kinds mm-hmm. of books, because I was like, wait, there's something missing from marketing books. And then I, I found it in entrepreneurship books. Cause that's where they really started talking about finding the market product market fit. Right. Yeah. Cause there's some products that will never be sold no matter how good the marketing is because they never had a product market fit, That's right. which is always a marketer's dilemma. You're like, well, like, what do I do? How do I convince my boss that maybe we should just scrape the whole product? Because maybe, maybe it's me, but maybe the product, maybe we never had a fit on this product. Right. Mm-hmm. Hard conversations. <laughs> it is, especially if they're not aware of the startup foundational principles. Like um, I had the pleasure of meeting Steve Blank and having dinner at his house um, in December. And, and then we had another talk, um, you know, afterward for a zoom meeting. And I literally had to tell him because I also teach a class in entrepreneurship, um, at a university. And I told him, and I use his course, his principles as the foundation. I told him, I said, listen, you have literally changed lives, your philosophies, your explanation for things and access to pretty much anything he's ever done is free. 
yeah. online. It's huge. I'm like, you have changed entire industries, lives, families. He's I mean, impacted the world. It's sad that he didn't get more credit for it. Right. You and I know his name, but most people are like, who? Even who? in the startup world, they're like, who? And I'm like, <laughs> that's the whole reason. Like, <laughs> I'm like, that's the whole reason why we're, you're being taught these things from accelerators and stuff. He even had um, at the meeting, he had um, Alex Osterwalder um, there who created the business model canvas. And, um, you know, they have, of course, other lines of books and things that come out to help people. And I mm-hmm. honestly think the MBA programs need to replace the books that they're using and start using, using um, yeah. these books as the foundation because yeah. you don't have to be a startup to utilize the principles. For sure. I think some, some, a lot of MBA programs are using those books now. Mm-hmm. I worked, uh, uh, a family member of mine went through CSU's MBA and he was going through um, the business, business canvas model and, mm-hmm. and through, um, they didn't use Steve Blank's book. They used a, uh, Eric Rise's book. Um, oh, the Lean Startup. Startup. Yeah. Yeah. But, and he, he was having, I guess it was a class on entrepreneurship within his MBA, but he was having to pump out business models, lots of business models as part of his, his classwork. I didn't in my, my program, it was more focused on IT and project management, oh, um, okay. Okay. which for me was really helpful. But mm-hmm. um, I think some programs are starting to improve their curriculum and pull things out. The hard part about MBAs and businesses and and why I think this is part of the reason why people knock them so much is because they're having to actually pull from well-researched and proven tactics and models, right? But a lot of stuff that's working now won't, like once it's proven and statistically verified, it won't be working anymore, that's right? right? So that's why it's kind of like, it's good. Some, but some, some subjects lend, lend themselves better to formal education, like finance, mm-hmm. like accounting, those things aren't changing. They've been around all a long time, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Like cash, um, cash flow statements are still considered new, even though they've been around for 30 years now, right? Because <laughs> oh <my laughs> accounting has been around so long. It's a tried and true discipline. It's, mm-hmm. it's verified. It's, it's, uh, but marketing's changing so much. So when I was reading marketing textbooks and it was talking about Twitter, I'm like, no, yeah. no, this is out of date. And that's why people kind of like poo poo degrees, but they're so still they're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. That's, that's, right. that's a shame. That's right. I mean, look at, you know, having Instagram stories now, having reels, uh, I'm sorry, LinkedIn stories, having reels on Instagram, which is basically TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> it's TikTok on Instagram now. Um, I remember when Snapchat was, you know, a solitary thing and then Instagram took on the features and then Facebook took on the features. Um, and so it's all it's all changing very fast, but I would say marketing is changing extremely fast, but the, the foundational principles of business, accounting, finance, things like you said, that's not, that's not going anywhere. No, that's why it's still worth it. That's right. It's always, you got to constantly be learning when you're in marketing. So do you think you'll ever start your own startup and be the CEO of your own startup? Mm, I think about it, but I wrestle with it. Honestly, I, I kind of, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be number one. I'm like, being number two sounds really good because I know that the pressure of number one, my boss says this all the time. I report to the CEO and he's like, I love having the flexibility. I'm like, dude, you have the least amount of flexibility of anybody on this team. <laughs> People's lives and livelihoods depend on you. Mm-hmm. You can't just go like AWOL for, you just can't disappear for a month unless you like plan it ahead of time or something or just take off the day because 
people are depending on you to show up and provide the lead, leadership and guidance for you to lead this company. And I'm like, I don't know if I want that way. I mean, it is, I guess it is attractive to do the Tim Ferriss thing to kind of have like your own little business model and do the four hour work thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm too, I don't know. I even that sounds like not as much fun because I'm want to keep continue working on this. I love marketing. I love what I do so much that I just kind of like showing up to work. Mm-hmm. I like working for Sweetfish Media because it's one, my, the CEO is really marketing oriented, but still gives me the freedom to do what the marketing stuff I know how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's media focused as a podcasting agency. We can, we're focused on producing content in the way that most marketing departments should be operating this day. We're trying to champion and pioneer and essentially be a media driven marketing company. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm excited about. So I'm more excited about working with the Sweetfish Media team mm-hmm. as, as part of a team than I am just kind of going on my own solo adventure. Um, but you never know. Thank you for listening to the Unpolished MBA podcast. To hear more episodes or to request to become a guest, please visit unpolishedmba.com.